Hello everyone and welcome back. This is the Money Memo. I hope everyone's been having a really great Christmas season and I'm really glad to have you back. Today we are going to be talking about mutual funds. Uh, this is a very hot topic uh, in the last couple of years or so because everyone's now starting to invest or at least starting to learn about investing and mutual funds is usually the first asset class that most of them turn to which is a good thing because i personally believe that mutual funds are the only way a common man can uh, invest and uh, get wealthy in the long term i'm not talking about rich i'm talking about real wealth but that will only come by staying invested for the long term so that's what we're going to be discussing today. I hope you're all ready and set. Let's do it. As we get on with the show, I want you all to ask yourself a question. Why mutual funds? As always, let's start with the story. The first ever mutual fund in India was the Unit Trust of India Mutual Fund. Unitrust of India was a government entity and this mutual fund was established by an act of parliament all the way back in 1963 that's almost 60 years ago since then india has seen a growth in mutual fund assets under management or aum from just 1 crore rupees that's back in 1963 to 40 lakh crores as of november 2022 that's just last month guys that is a 40 lakh times growth in less than 60 years. Well within someone's lifetime. 60 years is not a great deal of time when you actually look in the big scheme of things. 40 lakh times is the growth, ladies and gentlemen. In the last 10 years alone, the mutual fund industry has increased by 5 times. Now that is a timeline most of us can appreciate, right? I mean, 10 years, right? Um, 10 years is 2012 that's not really far away back in time so that's something that we can very well appreciate it's exponential growth in the indian mutual fund industry now in case this math is confusing you let me break it down further if one rupee was invested in 1963 with the uti mutual fund and nothing was done to that rupee since then like you didn't do anything, you didn't invest further, you didn't withdraw that rupee back or anything like that, you would have 40 lakh rupees right now in 2022. One rupee to 40 lakh rupees. Isn't that just amazing? I know you must have heard such cliched stories umpteen times, but pause for a moment and think about it. Is this not an absolute miracle? Where else would you be able to make returns like that? An average person works for almost 40 years, right? Almost 20 to 60, that's when we work, and plans to retire at the age of 60, of course. How many people do you know of that age that have 40 lakh rupees in their retirement kitty? That's what I thought. Not many, aren't they? So here is the first lesson, folks. Mutual funds offer us a passive way to invest our hard-earned money for the long term. Remember, long term is very important. This money is managed by experienced professionals called fund managers with a good track record. Of course, you are in charge of checking their track record before you uh, put your hard-earned money into a mutual fund. And they also charge the lowest fees by global standards. 
uh, for anyone who's managing a fund, they're going to be charging you a fee. For hedge funds, this fee is usually on a template of 2 and 20, which means 2% of the amount that you invest with the hedge fund, they immediately take away as fees. And then 20% of the profits that they make go into the hedge fund's kitty, right? But in a mutual fund, it's more democratized. The fees are very, very low. We're going we're gonna to see the fees part uh, later in the show. So stand, stand by with me. I've already shown you the growth of this industry's managed to achieve, right? So what are mutual funds perfect for? Let us find out. There are four major points that you need to keep in mind. Mutual funds are perfect for investors who want to start small. Are you someone who's got a salary of which you can save a little bit of it every month? Mutual funds are for you. Investors who do not have the time or effort to research the stock market. Like when I started, I was something like that. I did not have enough time or effort or the education to understand stock market when I was 2021. So I started off with mutual funds. Uh, And thirdly, investors who do not yet have the knowledge or skill to invest directly in the stock market. And finally, investors who want long term uh, growth goals to create wealth. Okay, so I belong to the last category. I've always been a long-term investor. I want to create wealth slowly and steadily. I'm okay. I don't want to get rich overnight. I'm okay getting rich over, let's say, 10, 15 years. Uh, I've already been in the markets for almost 14 years now, so you can imagine. Now, let's talk about my own mutual fund portfolio. Um, my portfolio consists of five different mutual funds at the moment, uh, and that have given me an annualized return of, wait for it, since 2011. Okay, 17.7% return is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It may not seem like a lot, but you know, when you look at other investment vehicles that we have, for example, a fixed deposit that's giving you six to seven percent returns with the inflation at six percent, 17.7 percent seems very, very good. And uh, I mean, that's been achieved over almost 11 years. So please keep that in mind. This kind of returns are achievable, but only if you stick to your investments for the long term. And to be fair, this is a very realistic return and achievable by anyone. Let me tell you that. If you're listening to it and if you are ready to invest for the long term, 17.7% is nothing. Uh, You just need to research the right kind of mutual funds and stay invested patiently. You know how many times I'm uh, repeating the same sentence, which is stay invested, stay invested. That's uh, always going to be the most important part. When I look at investing in a mutual fund, I look at the following important factors. There are four of them, so please listen carefully. Number one, quality of the fund house or the AMC. AMC stands for Asset Management Company. So for example, SBI Mutual Fund, that's an AMC. Access Mutual Fund, that's an AMC. So that's the meaning of the fund house or the asset management company. And I really look at the quality of them. Second one, the seven-year historical return performance. What has been the returns offered by the mutual fund in the previous seven years? I'm really interested to know that. Thirdly, total expense ratio or the fees charged by the mutual fund. We just discussed fees uh, in the previous segment. So total expense ratio, keep that in mind. 
And finally, the track record of the fund manager. Remember, the fund manager is the person who handles our money and invests it into different stocks or other assets. So we need to understand what's the track record of this fund manager. Has he been able to um, record profits or much higher than other fund managers in the industry? And if that's the case, then that fund manager is the one that I'm more interested about. Let's take a look at all these four tenets in detail. We're going to start with quality of the fund house. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever spend your money on something whose quality you're not sure about? I certainly don't. Whenever I'm investing my hard-earned money in an asset, I check for its quality first. Every asset class has instruments that scream quality and those that are poor. You must always look for quality, whether it's a stock, a bond security, a mutual fund or a government scheme. We need to learn how to pick quality assets. When looking to invest in a mutual fund, I first look at the fund house or the AMC, like I mentioned before. This is the institution to whom you will be handing over your carefully saved precious money to in the form of SIPs or a lump sum payment. You must ensure that you have faith in that institution. For example, let's take a look at the leading AMCs in India at the moment. Axis Mutual Fund, SBI Mutual Fund, HDFC Mutual Fund, or um, uh, DSP Mutual Fund, for example. These are companies that we hear about every day. Not only that, they're also business conglomerates backed by their own banks, which are massive and relevant internationally, not just nationally. It is highly unlikely that these AMCs would shut down overnight or have liquidity issues when you need to withdraw your investment at a time of an emergency. Now, this is very important, folks. You should be able to withdraw your money whenever you need it, right? Otherwise, money is of no use. So you need to ensure that you're investing with an institution that won't just go out of business one fine day, especially when you need that money, right? Okay. However, this may not be the case with some other AMCs. For example, we had an incident uh, uh, back in 2013 or 14 when a mutual fund AMC called Franklin Templeton wound down their business, uh, you know, especially of the debt funds due to a liquidity crisis. It left a lot of investors in the lurch. A lot of investors were just left holding the bag because they couldn't withdraw the money that they badly needed because this AMC just wound up six of their debt fund mutual funds. You know, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was a bloodbath. As an investor, we're already managing returns, risk on our investments due to the volatile movement of the markets, right? So, for example, we have a risk of the returns that we're going to get, that we're always managing that. So if you're going to be investing in stocks, mutual funds or FDs, I mean, FDs are a return risk, sorry. But for stocks and mutual funds, you don't know what the return is going to be on a consistent basis. So that's a risk that we are already dealing with. I don't want to manage another risk of the AMC itself winding down or unable to return my money. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So make sure you have faith in the AMC. For me, this is very important as it gives me a lot of peace in my investing journey to know that my money is well invested with a reputable AMC. Remember folks, peace of mind is the most important asset that you will have. Do not sacrifice that for anything. Even if you get 2 or 3% more returns, it is not worth losing your sleep on. Let's take a look at the second important tenet, the seven-year historical return performance. 
How long is your investment horizon? Let me ask you that. Do you intend to withdraw your investments at the end of five years, maybe seven, maybe 10 years? For me, this horizon is between seven and 10 years. I have done enough research and study to understand that mutual fund investments create wealth only in the long term. Nobody's getting rich by monthly SIPs that are invested for just three to four years. Not me, not you, not anyone, even if you have the best fund managers out there. Why? This is because compound interest only starts to kick in by the end of the fifth year. This is in my own experience. And that is the point when the value of your investments move to the next level. Remember guys, uh, compound interest is what makes us wealth in the long term, right? So the more time you give for compound interest to work its magic, the wealthier you're going to get. So I'm interested to know the historical performance of the mutual fund over the past seven years at least. Remember, at least. And I usually target this number to be between 18 to 20% in returns for small cap funds and 14 to 16% for all others. Index funds are not included because, as you all know, index funds mirror the index and uh, we usually get a return of approximately 12 to 13% from index funds. So not more than that. But for anything else, you shouldn't be asking for anything less than 14 to 16% and 18 to 20% for small cap funds. We'll see that later. The reason being that this is the target annualized returns I need to complete my investment goals. Now, this can be different for you, mind you, but for me, this is the bare minimum that I need to complete my goals and more on my goals later because I'm going to discuss my goals on another episode of this podcast. Um, I hope I hope uh, you'll be interested to hear that. Uh, but mind you, past performance is not a foolproof indicator of the future. This is true with everything, right? For example, uh, if you've been successful in your job up to now, doesn't mean that you're going to be successful in your job in the future. Although there is a great probability that it will happen. Now, I apply the same principle to my mutual fund investments. If I see that a mutual fund has performed really well for the past 7 to 10 years, there is a very high chance that it's going to continue that into the future, maybe the next 7 to 10 years or maybe even longer. Uh, now, one question that I get from a lot of people uh, is, what if the fund itself has not been in existence for 7 years? A fair question, right? I mean... A lot of mutual funds have started up in the last five years or so. So they don't have the track record um, to show like, uh, let's say, some of the legacy funds. Well, in that case, I'm ready to skip that particular fund and continue my search for another one that has my target seven year historical performance return. Again, this is just me and the reader or, you know, the listener may choose to do so as they please. If you are confident in the long-term future performance of a particular fund, as I've said before, uh, you know, in my previous podcasts and newsletters, I like to keep my risk as low as possible. I'm a returns, I'm sorry, I'm a risk management guy and not a returns guy. So I do not shift from my system. Um, I've shared the same on uh, the previous episode of the money memo so if you're interested please uh, go to issue number two it's called the art of portfolio building and uh, you will see how i manage my risk and allocate my funds all right so we come to the next point total expense ratio or ter what does it mean a mutual fund charges you a fee for managing your money 
like anything else, right? This is standard. Any service that you avail will have a fee associated with it, whether it be a doctor's appointment or a visit to the salon uh, or, uh, you know, having a gym membership. This fee is called the total expense ratio when it comes to mutual funds. And it's usually expressed as a percentage of the return or as a percentage of the money that you invest with the mutual fund. Let's take an example of Axis Blue Chip. Now, the expense ratio, if you go to Axis Blue Chip website, uh, you will see that the expense ratio is listed as 0.55%. Now, this is as on 31st of October uh, 2022. So, um, you know, um, as you can see, the TER is 0.55%. Now, what does that mean? It means that if the fund makes a 15% return annually, what you get will actually be 15% minus 0.55% or 14.45%. So that's a return you will get from the mutual fund because the mutual fund keeps approximately a half a percentage point as the fees from the return it gives you back. And this also compounds. Remember, this also compounds and this is how mutual funds make money. Remember that these fees can eat away at your returns if it's particularly high. Some funds that have a good track record will also increase their TER as they get more investments. Because as I um, you know, said before, uh, these will be considered quality, you know, the quality of the AMC that I was talking about. And more investors like you and I will flock to them, increasing the demand. And when there's a demand, they can charge more fees. Um, so I personally don't like any mutual fund that charges a TER of more than, let's say, 0.7-0.75%. I think it's too expensive, anything more than that. The only exception I would make uh, is if the fund invests in international assets, like, you know, US stocks or European stocks or commodities, for example. Since a mutual fund will have higher administrative and forex costs, to invest in such assets, it is reasonable to expect that the fees would be, you know, a little bit higher than the domestic funds. So opt for mutual funds that charge you a lower fee while balancing a good rate of return. This should be a no-brainer for us Indians who look for a bargain wherever we go, right? Uh, anyway, let's come to the last point, the track record of the fund manager. This is something that a lot of people skip, but I don't because um, I do invest for the long term. And if I'm investing with a particular fund, I need to know what that fund's fund manager has been doing in the past as well. So this point has to be looked at in the larger context of the quality of the fund house, which I explained as the first point. Usually, the top fund houses or AMCs will have high performing fund managers in their ranks too, right? So quality AMCs will have quality fund managers as well. A fund manager is responsible for allocating the pooled funds of the investors that we give them that is invested into the mutual fund. So he or she is usually someone from a finance background with a wide range of experience in fund management. A mutual fund will have the name and track record of its fund managers on its website. So if you go to Access Blue Chip website like we discussed before for the TER example, you will see that they have two fund managers, namely Mr. Shreyesh Devalkar and Mr. Hitesh Das. And you will see that uh, Mr. Devalkar has about 18 years of work experience in the industry. Now that is huge. Um, this gentleman is really well experienced and I kind of trust him to handle my money because I do not have his experience. Uh, and if you, if you click on 
you know that particular fund manager's profile picture you will see a brief resume about him and his qualifications it will also include his return performance in the past so uh, so for example mr devilkar has been managing uh, the axis blue chip fund since 2016 that's almost 6 years and he has got more than uh, 16 to 18 years of experience in capital markets he's also managed funds for idfc securities idfc amc and bnp paribas amc so this is all good news to me right because now i know that someone who's really experienced who's uh, churned out returns for other amcs is in charge of my money so that's really good to know in this way you can check and evaluate the track record and performance of the fund managers who will be managing your investments in my humble opinion this adds to the peace of mind i can get by knowing that a qualified professional is managing my money again this goes back to one of my basic tenets of investing which is risk management so uh, folks if you uh, haven't heard about that please go back to uh, my first and second episode on the money memo and i talk a lot about risk management and in my opinion managing your risk is more important than going after higher returns all right what is the takeaway here so you have that you, you know you have the four major criteria for choosing a mutual fund for the long term so uh, let's just uh, you know let's just summarize that once again so number 1 is the quality of the fund house or the amc number 2 is the 7 year historical return performance so why 7 year because i invest for 7 to 10 years so if you're going to invest for 5 years look for a 5 year historical return performance at least thirdly the total expense ratio or the fees charged by the fund house and finally the track record of the fund manager we also learned how to look at the track record uh, you know how experienced the fund manager is and what is the kind of returns that he has given in the past which is also a solid indicator for the future even though not guaranteed these points have kept me in good stead folks uh, over the past decade or so and i've been very happy with the returns from my mutual fund portfolio um you know what started off as a meager 5000 rupees sip in 2011 has blossomed into a balanced portfolio with a considerable corpus uh, amount right now so um i can say with confidence that these points might also do you a lot of good if you can research and invest according to your own risk appetite and returns expectations one thing to keep in mind is that mutual funds only work for the long term and patience is key always keep that in mind so that brings us to the end of today's episode and uh, if you like this week's you know simple lesson um i would uh, request you to share it with your friends and family and maybe drop a follow uh, on twitter and instagram that would help me share more useful and practical financial and economic insights uh, with all of you So uh that's it ladies and gentlemen it's been a pleasure having you with me uh please uh, check out my newsletter as well it's also called the money memo uh probably you'll get a little more practical insight from it but i will see you uh, next week but f- before that i hope all of you are going to have a great new year's eve bash and uh, getting ready to uh, uh, take on 2023 with uh, more rigor and i hope that all your financial wishes come true in 2023 I will see you in the new year. This is the Money Memo.